We've recorded this before COVID-19 was announced as a pandemic. The care work burden has shifted significantly since it began. So we will be releasing another episode addressing the impact of the pandemic on unpaid labour in the home. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to We Can't Keep Quiet. I'm Doreen. And I'm Isabel. And today we're going to be discussing emotional labor. So emotional labor is defined as the process of managing feelings and expressions to fulfill the emotional requirements of a job. More specifically, workers are expected to regulate their emotions during interactions with customers, coworkers, and superiors. But um, the definition has expanded a bit since it was um, created in, I think, the 1970s as part of uh, feminist academic research. Um, The term was coined by sociologist Arlie Hoshfield. Um, But we're going to be talking more about emotional labor in terms of like day to day life and the functioning of society and relationships. Yeah, we're talking about having to think and manage emotions in Yes, okay, the workplace, but also in romantic relationships, in friendships, and wherever else it is expected that women take on the management of other people's emotions. That can be anywhere, really. Yeah, and like Isabel said, the performance of uh, emotional labor is highly gendered. It's almost always women who perform emotional labors in, emotional labor in romantic partnerships in terms of uh, platonic friendships between men and women uh, it's usually the women who keep up the emotional labor who, who make sure that the friendship is still going um, and uh, I don't say this to exclude non-binary people but I just can't really speak to the experience of non-binary people in terms of emotional labor because it's not something I've experienced and it's not something that I've found much scholarship or discourse about uh, on the internet. So we'll be speaking in somewhat binary terms today, but this isn't meant to uh, exclude people. It's more that we can't speak to other people's experience. Yeah, growing up, the difference in emotional labor was extremely evident, even from a young age. I could see that whenever we had uh, problems that involved any kind of sadness or like something that needed to be sorted out that required any kind of sensitivity. Our like main male caregiver was nowhere to be found because this was not seen to be uh, men's work. And of course, like my mom without question was assigned this and being a somewhat traditional woman was happy to take this on because I honestly don't think she'd ever really questioned uh, whether or not she would take on this emotional labor. And so at the end of her day, cause she worked full time She was dealing with many people's emotions throughout the office and experienced many hardships throughout the day. And then at the end of the day was expected to come home and help make everyone else's day better in addition. And if she was in a bad mood, it didn't matter. And this is kind of what we're talking about. Like we disregard sort of everything else that's going on in that woman's life and she's expected to sort of still come home be soft and nurturing and manage the emotions of others and make people feel better and people like to pretend that this is just a natural way that 
women are and that this is just part of feminine nature. But this has been assigned, like this has been assigned by the social constructs that we have in society that we are expected to do this. And from a young age, we are told this. Yeah, in Switzerland, for example, where obviously Women's March Geneva is located, uh, Swiss women continue to shoulder the burden of unpaid work. There's an article in a local paper, The Local, um, that says that women and men aged over 15 do almost exactly the same amount of work each week, including paid work, volunteering, and unpaid domestic work. But the breakdowns of how they spend that time varied significantly, uh, according to a 2016 survey from the Swiss Labor Force. So um, the typical Swiss man spends the majority of his time doing paid work at 27.3 hours, in addition to 17.9 hours of domestic and family work and 1.6 hours volunteering, whereas women spend 30 hours on unpaid work. That's two hours of volunteering and 28.1 hours on household work. So even if though men doing 17.9, so almost 18 hours work, women are still doing significantly more. And this pattern is replicated throughout the world. I think it's also interesting to look at the breakdown of uh, caregiving roles in the workplace and to see the... Um, breakdown of genders in certain roles because whenever you look at caregiving roles like nursing or um, being a carer um, or being a healthcare assistant or uh, being a teaching assistant or a teacher you find that a lot of these roles can be very female dominated and I think that it's sort of instilled in us from quite a young age that like for instance nursing I mean I can only speak to the UK but the majority of nurses in the UK are women and it is not really seen as men's work like why you know would a man be in that role because he because of his gender he doesn't have the sensitivity to take on such a role and that's just completely constructed um by society from such a young age that by the time we get to the point where we're choosing um our careers we automatically choose careers based on our genders um if we haven't really taken the time to break down those messages that we've received in childhood yeah, which uh, the majority of people never really question what they've been taught in terms of culture and values growing up, uh, which means that um, most people are just going to follow whatever script they've been given that uh, aligns to the gender that they were assigned when they were born. And this is something that plays out like we've been talking about in all kinds of relationships. In romantic relationships, for example, a few years ago, there was a, a mega thread or there was a thread on this site called Metafilter, which is basically like a forum where people discuss things. Someone had posted something about doing emotional labor and then it turned into thousands of comments from women, a lot of the time having maybe like for the first time, revelations about how uneven the division of labor was and how unappreciated they are in their families and especially by male romantic partners. Yeah, I think some of the stories on here are super relevant. I mean, there is definitely a theme to them. Like for instance, wanting help in the workplace just with um, sort of the normal tasks that your brain doesn't really have time to do when you like have a full-time job and you just like need a break and then having your significant other do it but with much less enthusiasm and do it worse than you would do and that being assumed to be a gender thing when actually the only reason they might have done it worse 
than you would usually do it is because since such a young age, they have never been taught how to do it because it's never been expected of their gender to know how to like remember all these birthdays at one time and to keep a strict social calendar and to arrange people's schedules and and for example, like like Isabel mentioned, arranging people's schedules, it comes down to like maybe when a couple is expecting a child, like who is the one who does the research on like what's the safest crib and what the all the research on like which prenatal uh, vitamins to take. And even if it's one person in the partnership who is the one who's pregnant, I mean, if you're both expecting a child, this should be divided labor. And then when the child is born, you know, like who arranges all their doctor's appointments, their vaccine vaccinations, it like it overwhelmingly comes down on the side of women yeah i remember growing up our mom knew what vaccinations we'd had like on what days like how many years we had to go before our booster vaccinations like she knew all of our birthdays all of the extended family's birthdays people she barely knew but people who were you know friends with my dad she knew their birthdays she knew um appointments that my dad had to do at work and would remind him about those appointments you know like imagine having that much information that is not even related to yourself in your brain for all the other people that you're taking care of like it's exhausting and over the years doing that constantly for everyone else it just like reduces your sense of self and like enthusiasm for life yeah and it's particularly frustrating when you consider that like you're supposed to have a partner and a partner is not someone who delegates tasks to you where on the one hand it can be seen as like you know men will often be like why didn't you tell me that you needed help with this or that and it's like well, you also live in this house, so I shouldn't have to tell you and you shouldn't be helping. You should just be doing half of the responsibilities, especially if both people are working outside the home. Like, obviously, if one person is staying home, it kind of makes sense that they'll be doing more emotional labor because the the arrangement is like one person is doing the uh, paid labor and another person takes on the majority of the unpaid labor. But uh, even in situations where both members uh, of a family or of a couple are working outside the home, it's still like the man needs to be reminded of what to do or you know needs to be asked to do things that are just his responsibility and like asking a woman to delegate tasks to you is asking her to do yet more emotional labor because she's still the one who needs to figure out all of the tasks and then she needs to figure out the best way to divide them between the two of you this reminds me of a bit so i haven't been in a relationship in eight years but years ago when i was with my boyfriend uh we had a blender and the blender broke down and i asked him to take it to be fixed because his work was like a 10 minute walk and he refused which may seem small in the scheme of things but i think it was highly indicative of like for example if we had had a child together and i was like the child needs to be taken to the doctor for this and he would just refuse just because he didn't feel like it and i ended up actually having to take an afternoon off work so i could take this blender to be fixed so um there's this french cartoonist um named emma who basically uh she wrote a cartoon about um about emotional labor. Well, she drew a cartoon about emotional labor in 2018, I believe. Yeah, and I think that it's, I mean, personally, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but when I do find myself in a partnership where I am the main caregiver for my partner and I sort of replace their mother in some way, I mean, I can't really be the only one that like kind of finds this a bit of a downer on the relationship. Like I definitely feel like, 
less like I'm in a romantic relationship oh, yeah. and more like I'm in like a caregiving situation. Yeah, it's extremely common statistically that women lose attractive lose uh, their attraction to their partners when they end up being their caregivers because honestly there's nothing sexy about like having children with a man and then you also having to take care of that man. And like you do hear it often like asking women like, "Oh, okay, so, you know, can't he like take care of the baby tonight or like oh can't he do that so that you don't have to rush around and usually like the answer will be something like oh you know he has work something like this and I feel like whenever there is like something related to like career or something like this like this does like trump kind of whatever reason you may have and because it is like assigned to us naturally like even if you do have a quote-unquote good partner even though like this is also quite a problematic phrase because it's not being a good partner it's just doing what needs to be done around the house it's basic tasks to keep an infant alive or to keep a house running so we can (laughs) I can go into like this whole idea of like a good partner on like a whole different thread but like even if you do have a good partner you will still be like expected to perform like more of these tasks and the thing about uh, emotional labor is that it's sometimes called uh, the second shift because it is like having another job and the work is like essential which was demonstrated by a uh, women's strike in Iceland in, in the 1970s. I believe it was 1971 where all the women just decided they were not going to be doing their jobs anymore. And it just, you know, it raised awareness among all the men in the country about like, okay, women are actually doing a lot of work and we cannot function without the work that women are doing. So it was sort of the beginning of uh, redistributing labor in the country. And it's now like considered the most egalitarian country on earth. Um, and uh, this one thing that this reminds me of is I had this male roommate who had a girlfriend staying with him a few to- uh, for a few days. And, um, like, he didn't have any pots and pans, and he didn't see how this was a problem. He was, like, basically, like, if, a, if I'm dating a woman and she has a problem with it, she needs to figure it out. But it's sort of like, how do you cook without pots and pans? It's like, why should it be a woman's responsibility to for you to be a grown-up and it was kind of the same like when i was with my ex and i moved into with him and his uh roommate slash friend um i was the one who had to take another afternoon off work um to go buy a bed because my ex just didn't care and i was talking to this roommate about it and he was saying like well i mean i don't care about a bed as long as it's comfortable and it was like almost as though he couldn't wrap his head around to the fact that like a comfortable wet bed wasn't just gonna magic its way into the house like someone needs to do the labor to pick out the bed and then get the bed to the house. It's almost invisible to them that these are tasks that need to be done because it's always been done for them by the women in their lives. I think we probably all know those male friends that we've had who will tell us that since they got a girlfriend or like started dating someone that their apartment looks so much nicer. Yeah, or they're eating so much healthier. Yeah, like that that will tell us how much healthier and more uh, fulfilling their apartment feels or how like they've taken up like a new healthy activity that they weren't doing before because now they have a girlfriend because if the girlfriend wasn't there, the apartment wouldn't be nice, the food Mm -hmm. wouldn't be healthy and they wouldn't be taking up this new like hobby. I mean, we've all heard this story a bunch of times from like male friends and like while that's nice that they're appreciating that their lives are better with this person, why was your life... Why were you not doing these things right. for your life before? <laughs> like, you don't have to wait for a woman to come in to do these things for your own life. Yeah, like, a couple of years ago, I was talking to a friend who had recently broken up with her long-term boyfriend, and she was like, 
what's the point of having a partner if I have to organize everything for myself and then I have to organize everything from the partner too? And I was like, why do you think I stopped dating? Um, in the meantime, I have found the cartoon uh, I was looking for. The, the cartoonist is named Emma. Her website is emmaclit.com. And um, the, the French version was called Falle de Mande. And um, the English version is called The Mental Load. And basically the idea is that um, she... I guess, like, it's from her point of view. She went to a colleague's house for dinner, and the mother, or the colleague's wife, was getting everything ready while also feeding the children. Um, she was getting a drink for, for Emma. Um, the pot started to overflow, and then she was like, you know, she asked her husband, like, oh, no, her husband asked, what did you do? This is a disaster. And she was like, what do you mean, what did I do? I did everything, that's what I did. And then the guy replies in the cartoon, but you should have asked, I would have helped. Why should she have had to ask? Like, there was a guest over. She was preparing a dinner for the guest. She got drinks for you. She was feeding the kids as well. And it's like, you are also an adult in this house and in this partnership. Yeah. But also, I think this kind of, like, leads on to quite an important point. The idea of, like, the nagging woman, like, nagging you to do things. Like, people say, yeah, you should have asked. But then the nagging woman is seen, like, in any kind of culture as, like, the ultimate thing that you don't want. Because women have to be soft and forgiving and just do it without question, without nagging you. Like, we know this, like, trope too well. Yeah, like, the man doesn't want a nagging woman and every woman is conditioned to believe she should be a cool girl, a cool girl girlfriend um and i sort of like when i was in a relationship that was when i was like oh now i see it's not that women nag it's that men are so incompetent that you just have to ask them to do things over and over and over and over and over and over or to correct the thing that they did wrong over and over and over and over (laughs) but it's not the women who are nagging it's the men who are like making us nag yeah and i think that Talking about nagging is actually kind of gaslighting. When people talk about like nagging wives, it's just something that really like makes me like lose my shit quite quickly. I'm like, no, you're just like making it seem like what she's asking doesn't matter by just calling her a nag. I remember years ago, um, I was on a group holiday where I was uh, the only, only female on the holiday. And I just remember like at various points throughout the holiday, asking like okay so if we're traveling to this place now uh what time is our train and obviously like no one had even looked at the train schedule nobody had even like checked how we were getting there and it of course was expected that it would have been me because quote unquote i'm so good at it yeah like i'm not so good at looking at a train schedule anyone could look at a train Mm -hmm. schedule like it's not like related to me so of course you know i did the first uh train booking Then, you know, it came time to move to, like, a different town in the trip. And then, of course, once again, like, nobody knew how to get there, where we were staying, booking the hostel. So once again, it fell to me. And I just thought, guys, if I wasn't here, like... Like, what what was going to happen on this trip? Yeah, except you know that if you hadn't been there, they would have figured it out. Like, they wouldn't just have stood there staring at each other's faces. But, like, it's, I don't know what it is, if it's just that they were in your presence, so they're like, oh, this is her job. Yeah, I think... um, on the subject of being a nag, there's an interesting story on the emotional labor meta filter um, that we had been looking at before we started this podcast. And there's one person who has shared this story saying, uh, I shared this thread with my mother, my realization that my frustration with my significant other of three years isn't just me being a crazy nag, but just me needing a little equal support as a partner in this life we're making for ourselves. 
My mother's response was, that's just the way it is. It's always been that way because men. I wanted to shake her and tell her it doesn't have to be, but for her, it always has been, which makes me sad. I shared this with my significant other, who first asked me to give him a summary of this thread, um, which obviously he didn't see the irony of. (laughs) Uh, I left him with it and he told me he eventually abandoned it because it was hard to read and it felt like a lot of you're a bad person stuff. Quote, I can understand that an initial visceral reaction was feeling attacked, but I hope he comes back to it and sees it from the perspective of other people like the emotional laborers, his mother, his sister, his aunts, his exes, and now me, who have been carrying him for most of his life and maybe takes it as constructive criticism instead of interpreting it as an attack. Imagine reading this and instead of thinking, oh, this is something I need to change, being like, I don't want to read it anymore because it's making me feel like a bad person. Um, There's another example on this uh, thread where this woman uh, is talking about her relationship with her husband. So she says, when the husband and I first married, his grandmother gave all of the sisters-in-law an address book for Christmas one year. It had all the addresses, birthdays, and anniversaries of the entire family, including extended family. The husband is number six of seven. All seven are married and have kids. And, like, she never sent anything because it wasn't her family. And the nagging started pretty much instantly. Why didn't you send Jan and Steve a card for their anniversary? Who? Jan and Steve, my cousins in Elyria. Never met him, not my family. And then, like, you know, people were unhappy with her. And I guess this went on for years, and she ended up throwing the the book away. And then um, she says, time passes, various bits of the family moved around, and he started complaining about never seeing his family. We had a screaming row about it one night, and he threw a huge tantrum about how I never send cards or call people, and it was upsetting to those people. And he never sees his brothers, and why don't I ever make any plans? Which is already infuriating. And then she screamed back, they are your family. If they're mad because they're not getting cards and you're mad because you don't see your brothers, that is 100% on your shoulders because they are your family, not mine. And I'm not your social secretary. It had never occurred to him that it was his responsibility to maintain the relationships with his siblings. How mad does this make you? Because like my blood is boiling just reading this. Well, I know that like often like you'll see marriages where like the woman will maintain friendships with his friends for him by keeping a social schedule and checking like who's free when and you know putting together um sort of a list of possible dates when they could all make it because honestly like once you're into like adult life it's hard to find time to do things Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of effort just to meet up and so having this in your own life trying to keep in contact with your own friends and your own family as well as making sure that your husband also maintains an active social life with his family and his friends as well as your kids making sure that your kids also are forming friendships and like you know developing well and enjoying their lives like this is this is more than like your actual paid like job yeah um but of course we don't mean to suggest that not all men and no, not hashtag not all men um, are bad at emotional labor because I'm I've known a few a few men in my life who've been very good at it. Um, I assume have you? Yeah, I think like that's definitely a feature of like what feels good with like a current partner um, is that emotions are definitely not like off the table. And when I look tired. I will not be asked to do things and it will just be done. And I think that that was always like something that was kind of missing from like previous relationships and something that sort of made me feel like 
is this really adding like all that much to my life? Like I'm just exhausted all the time. Like, how is this like a benefit? Like aren't relationships meant to bring like an addition to your life and not like just take energy? Yeah. And I I had a colleague, for example, uh, several years ago when I had just moved um, for this job that I I was doing at the time who he'd only been there for a couple months before me, but like, and we were just colleagues, but I, I just noticed like, I just picked up on how good he was at performing emotional labor. Like, for example, I was going to look at a new apartment um, and he like I found the apartment and then he like figured out where it was and like took me to the apartment, Um, even though it wasn't like my thing. But like the fact that he just did it and like I didn't even ask him anything was just like, oh, my God, I can hang out with people and like. I mean, I can hang out with male people and, like, not have to do emotional labor. Like, they can do it, too. Yeah, it just, like, frees up a lot of, like, your day. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of how I always thought, like when I was a bit younger how relationships might be like it would just be like full of endless benefits and it would just be like this awesome addition to my life and then like (laughs) as I got older I was like this is just a massive drain on my time and my energy and like my goodwill to be honest and then sort of once you get into like patterns of like okay this is what to look for like this is sort of some clear signs that like this person is gonna sap your energy like a parasite (laughs) then you sort of learn to steer like quite clear from like the beginning yeah um and the meta filter thread that we mentioned a couple times already also indicated that i mean this is not scientific you know data but it indicated that gay men are far more likely to do emotional labor than their counter their you know male or sorry their straight counterparts which is unsurprising to me because uh i think that the same way women are conditioned you know to take on emotional labor it's sort of like um, gay men, we're conditioned by society to view gay men as being like more towards the feminine side of things or like more feminine than straight men are, um, which um, is obviously not always true. And it's like a ridiculous blanket statement to make, but it's sort of like if they're treated this way, then maybe it, you know, it sort of stands to reason that they like um, women will end up doing a lot of emotional labor, which just makes me think that emotional labor in lesbian relationships it must just be so like rewarding and like evenly distributed we will be putting the show notes or we're sorry we'll be putting links in the show notes to the uh, you should have asked and the meta filter thread and just a couple of other things this is a subject we've been wanting to sc- discuss for a while and like me and doreen have just personally spoken about this like a fair amount over the years so it's good to put it out there and see what you think and yeah thank you for stopping by